0: Hello guys, welcome back to the Talk Crystal Palace podcast. My name is Ollie. Um, this is a non-Palace podcast, so it's the talk, not... No, I'm not going to try and go with that part. Anyway, you get the idea. It's It's been a big week in football, a big day in football in particular. Uh, Roman Abramovich, of course, sanctioned by the UK government, no longer uh, basically owning Chelsea. The, the asset has been frozen which effectively means he cannot, uh, buy anything. He can't sell anything. He can't make any money anywhere, uh, from the club. Uh, they can't sell tickets. The players can only. I think it's like a twenty thousand pound limit on travel spend. Basically, it's 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 unprecedented in the world of of British and world football, really, or European football at least, in the mainstream. Uh, a club of Chelsea stature. Um, effectively just being put on pause and a very, very uncertain future for them uh, off the back of uh, of Putin, of course, invading Ukraine. Um, and, I mean, the fact that it's unprecedented, it, it warrants unprecedented reaction. And I think what we're really seeing this season more than any is, uh, I mean, to put it bluntly, sports-washing. We're seeing uh, bad people uh, play for clubs, Buy clubs, run clubs, uh, who are defended relentlessly by fans. Normal, normal people like you and me, um, who are blinded by a love for their for their football club, and it's really come to a head today. I think this is something which I've kind of wanted to speak about a lot this season. But you know, reading Chelsea fans' views on on this whole situation is it's actually it's it's. Kind of worrying that people actually think like this. Uh, that sounds that sounds insane, um, but but let, let's just go through. You know what's happened. So obviously Chelsea as a club are are struggling now. You know, you look at the summer; they've got some big contracts they need to renew, which I don't even know if they'll be allowed to renew them by then. They've just lost a multi-billion-pound uh, owner who is the sole reason. Let's be honest for their success over the past you know seventeen odd years. Um, you know, the future of their club is in danger. You know, it's one thing I can imagine as a Palace fan, Steve Parrish being involved in, you know, well, not being involved in something like that, but you know what I mean? You know, imagine he was sanctioned or Palace got frozen asset. it's scary. Of course it's scary. Um, but Chelsea fans need to recognise that, and, and sports fans in general need to recognise that in the big picture and the grand scheme of things, first of all, they don't care about our club. And second of all, they don't care about the fans. And, and I don't even mean that in like a horrible way, like they want to hurt them. The, the UK government, in the context of what's going on in Ukraine, do not care if some Chelsea fans are going to be a bit concerned about Chelsea potentially having a dodgy season next season. Do you really think that in the grand scheme of things, that's the important thing? To, to, to sit there and go, oh, you're punishing the fans, you're punishing the fans. First of all, you, you are overestimating massively how much the UK government, or any government for that matter, cares about football fans. They do not care about them. And in this situation, rightly so. And second of all, there is no way of punishing Roman Abramovich without punishing the fans in this situation. They are freezing his assets for a reason. You can't freeze the assets of Chelsea and continue their like rise up you know, through the Champions League. To punish Roman Abramovich, you have to halt Chelsea. And... I I don't know. You just think bigger picture. Does that really matter? You know, like if a man if a man murders someone, you don't go, oh, don't send him to prison because that will affect his wife and kids, do you? You go, no, the man needs punishing. Roman Abramovich needs sanctions. Russia needs sanctions. And it's it, but it's football fandom. You think everyone is obsessed with your club to the same level that you are? We've seen it recently with Arsenal fans claiming that. There's an agenda against them. The, the Premier League are conspiring to stop Arsenal getting the top four. No, they aren't. The Premier League do not care if Arsenal get a top four or not. It doesn't affect them at all. It, if they do, great. A big club, a big London club's got into the Champions League. That's great for them. If they haven't, okay, another club will get in. Do you, but, but, And we're seeing it with Chelsea fans today. Oh, the UK government is conspiring against Chelsea. They're not. They're not, are they? You know, what, what you're, we're seeing currently is you lived by the sword and now you're dying by the sword. You know, they're now acting as if Roman Abramovich is kind of a separate entity to Chelsea. You know, yeah, don't punish the fans for something Abramovich. That's nothing to do with us. I mean, when we're going to talk about people denying the links between Abramovich and Putin, that's ignorance at best doing that. Um, and, I, and I said this earlier, that if you're going to choose to believe um Abramovich's PR team over the government or respected news outlets, who have been saying this for years, by the way, then, you know, there's no point listening to the rest of this podcast. It's it's a complete waste of your time. But you can't, you know, for 17 years, even today at Norwich, they were singing Roman Abramovich's name. Abramovich has been idolised by Chelsea because he has bought them success. I was going to say brought and bought them success. You know, yeah, granted Chelsea finished top four before Abramovich, but you can't tell me they wouldn't have got this level of success or they would have got this level of success without Abramovich's money. Of course they wouldn't have done. So you can't sit there for 17 years and reap the rewards of Abramovich's power and money and then complain when it comes to buy you. You know, you can't decide now that you're not intrinsically linked to that money and power because you absolutely are. And the same thing might happen with other clubs, which I'll get onto in a minute. You know, all staff can be paid, as long as Chelsea have the cash reserves, which I'm sure they would have put in anticipation of this happening. All staff can be paid, playing staff, shop staff. They'll still get their wages if if they've planned appropriately for this, which I can't believe they wouldn't have done. And, you know, you look at the money they've got in reserve. They'll be okay. The ordinary people will be okay uh, who work at the club. I'm sure they'll find a way around it. You know, it to use the fans and you know, a club shop worker as kind of justification for not punishing Abramovich in this situation, I just find baffling. Um, You know, that's one excuse. Obviously, you get the whataboutery of Newcastle, of Man City, um, who have owners who are, you know, realistically just as bad. Obviously, Putin is in the news right now, but what the Saudi regime is doing in Yemen is on a bigger scale, it's a lot worse, to be to be brutally honest. You know, you look at Man City's owners, um, you know, they're, they're hardly clean themselves. And, you know, it's a good point. I think it's a very valid thing to say, well, the only reason that Man City owners haven't been, you know, ha- or Newcastle owners haven't been punished is because it's not in the news. And that's completely true. You, you're completely right. But if anything, you're just backing up the original point. Owners like that should be punished. Co- completely spot on. The fact that Bramovich has been punished is, if anything, it's too late. It is too late because... because you know Putin is now doing his thing, and the, the same thing can happen with Saudi Arabia. W- what about in this situation is the worst way of approaching it? It's a horrible, horrible look to go. Well, what about this? But wait, what about this country? Why are they getting punished? Does that, why does that matter at the moment? You know, let's talk about Newcastle. I have a lot of I have a big affinity to Newcastle. I lived there for three years when I was at uni. I've seen what the club's gone through, uh, but. Their form at the moment, yeah, I'm I'm happy for Newcastle. I'm happy for Newcastle fans sometimes, but it leaves a sour taste in the mouth, even though they haven't really bought any success yet. You know, this is all stemmed from a regime which is homophobic, which is racist, which is sexist, coming into power. And, you know, seeing Newcastle fans dressing up in like Saudi outfits, celebrating these people just because they bought a football club you put it in perspective and it's astonishing. And the, the most astonishing thing about it was 100% the Newcastle Pride Group. I can't remember what their name is, but their LGBTQ plus Pride Group publicly supporting a regime which literally kills people for being gay. That If there isn't a more resounding example of sports washing in action, then I don't know... I don't know what else there is. Like, people will literally give up any morals, any worldviews, any standards they have if it means that they can get behind their football club, maybe winning a few more games and making your Saturday evenings a bit better. Which is just, it's crazy to me, you know. And, and, And I think, and in a lot of ways, I hope Newcastle's owners will get what they deserve eventually at some point as well. It's clear what they're doing. Newcastle fans have fallen for a hook, line and sinker. And, you know, some Newcastle fans, I know for a fact, would say, oh, I'm bitter, I'm bitter that they've got this big takeover. I'd love Palace to be successful, but I would not like us to be successful in that way. I do not want us to be bought out by a regime whose pure goal is to win me over as a person, as a human in society. They don't care about Newcastle. Amanda Staveley, of course she's going to say that you know, oh, Newcastle, the only club for us. Was she going to say no? Oh, actually, yeah, we tried to buy 10 others and they all said no, so we went to Newcastle. It's just, when you can, when you can look at it from a, non, a non-biased non perspective, you know, I have nothing against Newcastle as a club or a place. I'm pretty indifferent about them. If anything, I like them. When you could take a step back and see it through, you know, a clear lens, it's astonishing to see, to see Chelsea fans' reactions today Saying it's unfair, saying it's Chelsea who are being targeted, and has now gone beyond Abramovich. What you know, Newcastle fans turning a blind eye to some of the some some human humanitarian disasters, to be quite honest, in Saudi Arabia because, well, they've had a tough few years of Mike Ashley. Few tough few years of what you got relegated twice, and you got came straight back up as league champions both times. Like it's just it's crazy, you know. Let's look at West Ham. Kurt Zuma. This isn't sports washing as such, but he there's videos of him kicking a cat, and people going, "Well, that's not worthy of him losing his sponsorships." Why is he? Why is there all this talk on oh, the media didn't go on this much about X, Y, Z? It's any any time a club is in the spotlight for the wrong reasons, which happens a lot. It happened to Brighton with Eve Basuma. Happened to Man United with Mason Greenwood. The first response of fans is, "Oh, wh- what about this? What about this person? Oh." Palace had Neil Shipley, who's been convicted of sexual offences. Why, why are we not talking about him? That's not the point. That's not the point. Is it really difficult to just sit there and go, you know what, yeah, this goes beyond football. Yeah, I condemn Roman Abramovich. He's clearly got ties to Vladimir Putin. I condemn the Saudi Arabian re- regime. You know, they killed an innocent journalist. They're still extremely oppressive towards uh, towards women, towards towards gay people. Is is that hard? Is that really hard? You know, same with City fans. City City fans is a a weird one. They kind of seem to constantly fly under the radar, but the same goes for them. Is it really hard for Brighton to go, yeah, you know, one of our players this year, he was on trial for sexual assault and he's still under investigation now. He's not been proven innocent. He's not been proven guilty. Rather than sit there and relentlessly defend someone, you know, who has been reported to the police by an innocent woman for sexual assault. The Mason Greenwood, I mean... Uh, granted, especially with Man United, it was a very small minority I was saying, "Oh, you know, kind of supporting him." Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and make assumptions. But he's on trial. I'm sure the justice, the justice will be will be reached. But to sit there and relentlessly defend someone like that, it's it's mind boggling. And it's one it's one thing turning a blind eye to it. You know, I know a lot of newcastle fans they don't they don't celebrate um the saudi regime they did when they bought them though you know there's chelsea fans who are sitting there during a minute's applause for ukraine singing the name of a russian oligarch it doesn't matter who that oligarch is it doesn't matter what they've done for your club just take a step back and think about that you know that is horrible it's disgusting to be brutally honest but that is the world we live in. And this is just a, a rant, really. I don't know how long I've been going. I don't know how long is left. That football fans these days, there's a real victims mentality, you know. Football fandom is is actually kind of just built upon complaining. You know, you're complaining about the refs. You're complaining about the league. You're complaining about other teams, other players. And now we're seeing a whole new level of You know, if your team's done anything wrong, there's just a denial, basically. There's a complete denial from Chelsea fans that Roman Abramovich deserves any of this. There's a complete denial from Newcastle fans that maybe having the Saudis in charge of them is not great. No, no, instead, instead, the UK government are targeting Chelsea... Of course, because that's that's in their best interest. Of course, the Premier League didn't want uh Saudi Arabian uh, regime to take over Newcastle because they don't want Newcastle to become powerful. Because why and why would that make sense? And it's just sad to see. It's, it feels like this season in particular, maybe I've just been more acutely aware of it because I'm older now, I'm more aware of the news and football fandom is so, uh, it, it's kind of, In a place it's never really been before, I think. Like the way people can communicate on Twitter and stuff. It's a very weird place, weird time to be a fan. But this season has kind of just made me sad. Honestly, it's made me sad reading fans, you know, defend their own football team and owners who they don't know and they've never met and they've got no personal affinity to personal affection with people who are currently responsible for people being displaced people being killed people being oppressed because they're injecting a bit of money into their football club or because they're a pretty good midfielder or because they are new summer signing 30 million pound center back it's it's just really really sad And and you know what I can, I can say this because Palace haven't been in this position. We have not had a situation like this this season where we've had a player or an owner or a coach come into, come into dispute for any reason. And I would love to think that we wouldn't do the same thing. I, I think Palace have very strong values in that sense. But I thought the same about Newcastle. I did. I thought the same about Newcastle. I thought that that city is a working-class city, very open-minded, very... Friendly, just a lovely place to live full of lovely people. But, you know, they don't care who owns their football club. They just want to see their team win. And whatever, however they get there, it does not matter. Same for Chelsea. They don't, they don't care if Roman Abramovich is, in, is involved with Putin. Of course they'll deny it. Of course they'll deny that there's any league at all. But as long as Chelsea are buying players and are in the Champions League, that's all that matters to them. And people say, politicians say, keep politics out of football. But politics and football are just inherently linked. They're they're two massive parts of society. And to suggest that they can't and won't coexist is just naive and wishful thinking, I think. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement, of course it was involved in football. You know, lockdowns, coronavirus is involved in football. You know, look at Marcus Rashford. These are all things where football has been used for good in terms of politics. But right now, football is not at all for good for politics at all. People are, you know, people are happy to, to take the knee or to applaud Marcus Rashford because, you know, it's a gesture. It's a gesture and it's not affecting their football team. It's not affecting their performances, it's not, it's not affecting their transfer strategy, it's not affecting their attendance, it's not affecting their league position, but the minute, the minute your team and your results come into question, morals, standards, beliefs and values just fly out the window. And it's sad. And it only really seems to be in football that this would happen. You know, The tribalism is so real, but to the point now where you know, people are caring about their football club more than they're caring about people in the world. Innocent people who, you know, the only difference between them who are, you know, in Ukraine, in Yemen, running for their lives, you know, fleeing to other countries, seeking asylum elsewhere, just hoping they survive. The only difference between them and us is that we are fortunate that we weren't born in that position. That's the only difference. But no, football comes first, apparently. Um, That's that's all I've really got to say on the, the topic. I think... I've had that on my mind a lot today. I don't really want to tweet about stuff like that too much because it's not really the place to do it. It's better to articulate these thoughts. And a closing thought for me is just remember that no one cares about your football team as much as you do in terms of, you know, Palace fans. No one cares about Palace as much as Palace fans do. No one's conspiring against us. No one, you know, wants us to fail. Chelsea, no one, the UK government is all conspiring to shut Chelsea down. Newcastle the Premier League were not conspiring to stop becoming a big club just open your eyes take the blinkers off and see the bigger picture and I'm sure and I hope people will look back on the way that they've acted with Abramovich and how they acted with the Saudis how they acted with Kurzuma, how they reacted with you know that Brighton player and they'll go yeah that was that was poor form uh but the way things are going the way that Football tribalism is is expanding and getting stronger and stronger in every single person who who watches, plays, follows their football team. I just can't see getting better if anything is going to get worse. Um, And, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out with Chelsea and Abramovich as things develop in Russia and Ukraine. And I hope hope for Ukraine's sake uh, and for Europe's sake and the world's sake that things don't get to the point where Chelsea fans are really having to pick a side because... That, that won't be pretty. Anyway, that's it for me. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, nothing about Palace's podcast. So uh, if you are interested in uh, Crystal Palace content, do follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and do follow me on Twitter as well, at TalkCPFC. Um, Mass City on Monday. Yeah, never predict us to win those games, but you never know. You never know. Um, thanks very much for listening. Say Stay safe and keep your values when it comes to football remember that there is more to life than going to Sellers Park on a Saturday afternoon, Palace fans. But we knew that already. Thanks very much for listening and I'll catch you all on the next podcast.